Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Cowboys Talk, the Dallas Cowboys discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. As usual, I am Alex Alcazaz, a.k.a. the Bear of Texas, and my guest today, ladies and gentlemen, well, quite frankly, this man, Nolly, is a good friend, a strong and loyal supporter of my career. This man used to be my boss. So, ladies and gentlemen, I give to you Matt Gwyn, Matt, it has been so long, my friend. How are you today? It's a pleasure, brother. It's great to see you. I'm doing well. Um, happy to support you, man. I've been loving how your career's taken off. Listening to your podcast, man, you're doing good. Doing good work. Thank you very much, man. And I know that you've noticed it because back when we, we and I were working together, you know, I told you that I was going to make a difference. I was going to tell it like it is. I was going to criticize when it was due. I was going to give the credit to where it's due. I've done exactly that, and based on how the Cowboys have just been literally breaking our hearts, well, that they've been doing that for well over 25 years, but the last few years, it's only gotten worse, and this time, we're like, we're done with it. No, nah, man, it's kind of like the pizza industry, you know, I didn't want to do that for my whole life, made the whole mistakes, and Jerry Jones is making a lot of financial mistakes that I'm just not a big fan of. It's uh, paying the wrong people, getting the wrong talent, man, it's just I don't know. I don't know how he explains it, and I don't know how to explain it myself. Well, the way he explains it, he will obviously he'll <laughs> insist that he's doing what's you know was what like these powerful businessmen like to say what's best for business. Look, <laughs> well, see, because honestly, what's gotten me a lot of heat. Look, I'm open. I openly tell people I'm not a fan of Dak Prescott. Okay, in fact, I should okay. tell you this: I got death threats for saying that he was overrated. Oh no! I mean, look. Okay, so I I will disagree with you there. I I think he's the best quarterback in the division. So there's that. Um, will he win a Super Bowl? I don't know. Will he be even Tony Romo? I don't know. Right? I I think Dak is a good leader. I think he can run a system. I think he could be a good quarterback. What I don't agree with. Is paying Ezekiel Elliott fifteen million a year to be a below average running back? Exactly. You know, and honestly, look, I'm glad that you explained. You know why you what you think about Dak Prescott, and I don't disagree with you. I think he's he can prove you wrong. Because in fact, I've begged him on this show. I've even said if he actually wins the Super Bowl, I will invite him to my show. I will admit everything like that. I will take responsibility for what I've said. So I'm that kind of journalist. I will admit that I'm wrong because a lot of people don't do it. Look. Obviously, some people just say, look, Alex is just frustrated because it's the Cowboys. Maybe I don't know what I'm saying. Like, look, the problem with Prescott is, is, yeah, he's a great leader. I'll give him that. But the problem is he excels against the bad teams, but against the good teams, we don't see that same magic. That That's what bothers me. And he's being paid the God-tier money. But at the same time, I always say it's not always it's, it's not all on him because, number one, the offensive line is terrible. Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator, is probably the worst play caller I've ever seen. Mike yeah, that's where I was going to go right there, yeah. man. That's where I was yeah. going to go. Like, Amari Cooper, I'm kind of glad he's gone. I wish we'd have gotten more than a fifth-round pick for him. Oh, God. Uh, but I'm glad he's gone. He does show up. Um, like, definitely, was it the away games that he was really terrible at, but he played well at home or vice versa, something like that. It was either but way. He was, he was he, he's unpredictable. That, that, yeah, that's the he's unpredictable. He's either going for 150 yards or he has no catches. You know, I just... I couldn't deal with Amari Cooper, and K- 
Kellen Moore, I don't know what he has. I think Tony Pollard said something about his girlfriend or something, man. I don't know why Tony Pollard doesn't touch the ball. But I think Tony Pollard could be a 1,200-yard rusher easily. He I think can. he could catch. Yes. I, I, th- I think he could catch for eight hundred. I think he could run for a thousand. Dude's got skill. He's got speed. He just needs the opportunity. But I don't think if he stays a cowboy, he's going to get it. They put so much money behind Zeke that they don't want to be wrong. And I think that's why. I think that's why he's not getting his touches because they paid Zeke. They don't want to be wrong about Zeke, so they're not going to give Pollard his touches to prove they they were wrong. You're absolutely right. That's why my advice to Pollard, no, su- go elsewhere. If the Patriots, whoever, if they offer you the money, if, if they promise you you're going to get playing time, you go there. I would love for you to stay in Dallas, but if they're going to treat you that way, to hell with it. To hell with it. Even, yeah, even a rough. smart fan would say, no, to hell with it. But at the, I mean, because at the la- same time, last despite year... the offensive line, Pollard actually did well, even though our offensive line is horrible. I noticed Zeke sometimes did not even try. This might sound harsh, like, no, I saw it. I watched the games. I saw what I saw. I know what I saw. Zeke sometimes didn't even try, but I understand he was supposedly hurt. But here's the here's the key. Okay, so he was hurt, but you know what? He insisted that he was fine. Okay, fine. Then, that. so I'm going to take his word for it. If he insists he's fine, then I want to see the results. We still didn't see him, so I don't know what the hell's going on with Zeke. I mean, since he's gotten paid, we have not got what we wanted. Yeah, so he got paid what twenty nineteen, right? Is that about when he got his contract? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. He was that whole story. He was holding out. He was in in Cabo. Right. Yeah. Okay, so I got his career stats pulled up real quick. So his rookie year, he went off. Right, got sixteen hundred yards. Next year, nine eighty three. Not great. I think that was a suspension year, right? Yeah. And then next year, fourteen fourteen thirty four, and then thirteen fifty seven. Those are all good years. I'm cool with that. He was the leading rusher, I think, two of those three. Really, really good. Great running back. Now, when he got paid, he went to 979 in 2020. And last year, he had 1,002. He hasn't averaged more than five yards of carry since his rookie year. Last year, he only averaged 4.2. The year before, it was four. I just, I don't see how that equates to... 15 million a year and I don't see why you prioritize that before building your team around other players that you can give that money to we lost Lyle Collins we lost Amari Cooper we're probably going to lose Van Der Esch we had to have Lawrence restructure like we've had all these things to where hello kitty we've had all these things to where financial like we're in cap hell but the reason we're in cap hell is because we're paying the wrong people you're going to pay someone for what they've done in the past, but not what they're going to do in the present, and that's how the Cowboys always have done their contracts. Mm-hmm. Yep. You always, They always pay someone for what they have done, and then as soon as they get paid, they stop performing. They stop performing. And they did it again, and I think it's going to be another three years before we can get out of it, and by that time, it's going to be 30 years before we want to play off game. Like, it's just it's rough. It, it, it is, honestly, and... <clears throat> And the problem, the, the problem, you know, with Zeke, you know, I, I was all over it when we drafted him. I was excited. I really felt that he he was going to be the guy, and he was, like you said, for a while. And you know, last year only two games where he had over a hundred yards, just two games. Yeah. But like, like I said, yeah, the offensive Surprise line is terrible. Many. He supposedly was hurt, but like I said, I'm not going <clears> to <throat> buy the fact that he was hurt because he kept insisting that he was good to go. I'm like, 
So, okay. If he insists, because he's the athlete. I mean, I'm not the athlete. So, there you <laughs> no. go. No, I mean... <laughs> no, whenever Zeke first got drafted, man, I was wearing my shirt up underneath my, my little man boobs that I got going on here, just trying to trying to look like Zeke walking around. I was like, man, this dude's going to eat. He's going to be a baller. And him and Zach together are going to win playoff game after playoff game and bring the Super Bowl to Dallas. And it just seemed like that duo never really clicked like it did in year one. I don't know if Dak played so good because he was scared Robo was going to come back and take his job. And then Zeke was just young and hungry. And then he got, I mean, I want to call anybody fat because I'm fat. I'm not fat shaming here. <laughs> but he got out of shape and he got slow. And he just, he doesn't have that explosive speed anymore. I mean, you're but right. But I'm looking at and So, I mean, Zeke is one issue, right? Zeke is the big thing. If I had to change anything, what Jerry has done the last two years is that. But he's also put himself in a hole to where he can't re-sign his own talent. But then he's not getting compensation for that talent when they leave. Like, I don't understand why he just released Lyle Collins. Lyle Collins is probably a top 10 tackle in the league, and you just let him walk. You, like, you can't get a third-round pick for him. You can't get a fourth round. You can't get, you know, two, five, something. For a top 10 tackle in the league, you should get something. A fifth-round pick for a top 10 wide receiver in Amari Cooper you need to get more than a fifth-round pick for that. I just don't understand why he can't turn around and get the compensation that you see these other teams getting. That's a good question, honestly. I mean, this offseason has just been horrible. That's, I mean, I got, looked at the schedule and everything, and we're going to get to that because we're going to talk about expectations, you know, and our thoughts, you know, going into the season. But, you see, this is where all these Cowboy fans really just hate me because I'm like, I'm – Spilling the beans because I'm telling the truth. I mean, every year they say this is going to be already. I'm like, guys, seriously, stop saying that. You're For God's sake, you're embarrassing yourself. And, I, and look, like I said, look, I admit, maybe I'm too hard on deck. But like I said, if he does, in fact, win the Super Bowl, I'm going to come back here and then take responsibility. I'll even invite him, I'll even invite him on my show, which would be great. Like, I'm not going to hide the fact that I, I'm not going to deny what I've said. I mean, I'm not that stupid. I'm not that arrogant, honestly. I'm honest. I mean, again, like, I'm the honest truth. Oh. So I'm going to take responsibility. But but here's the problem. Like, you talk about when Dak came to the league. I mean, when people – I tell people don't ever compare Dak to Tony because Tony never had an offensive line. He never had all the arsenal of weapons that Dak has had. T- Tony never had an offensive line until his final year, which was in 2014. Dak had it from day one. I mean, unfortunately, the offensive line crumbled. Zeke Elliott changed. Some of these players got – you know, would trade away and we got nothing out of it. We got again. We got an offensive coordinator that really just, literally, you're like, what the hell is this? Guy, is this guy thinking? I mean, especially on that <laughs> final play against San Francisco. So, oh, like man. I said, like as as much as I'm all over, uh, uh, as much as I'm tough on Dak. Look, I always say it's not just him. It's the team overall. It's the coaching, the ownership, everything. So I really like. I think the players do. I mean, the players are going to play, right? I'm, I've always been a player-forward person. I'm not even, like, I've talked all this about Zeke on how I think he's overpaid or whatever. I'm glad he got his money. You know, if I was if I was Zeke, if I was this, you know, what it was, he 23, 24, and he got offered this huge contract, I'm taking it too. Whether I think I deserve it or not, I'm taking it. And I don't blame any of the players for any of the money they get paid. They didn't create the cap. Yeah. They weren't, they did structure on how they got paid. I blame the front office for not team building the correct way. Exactly. And there you giving go. Money. I 
I mean, as much as I love the Cowboys, my whole life I've loved them. I think it starts with Jerry Jones and it ends with Jerry Jones. Mm-hmm. But I love the man. But I really think he needs to take a step back. I think they need an actual GM and not Steven. They need to bring someone in who knows how to team build. I mean, this is a Cowboys podcast, but I mean, we can talk about the Mavericks for a brief second. Sure. Whenever they brought in, they brought in, uh, oh, not Nico. They brought in Nico because he's a he's a Nike guy. He knows how to get players, and they made it to the Western Conference Finals just by they made one trade and it changed everything. It changed you know, everything granted, basketball. See, basketball has 12 players, not 52, right? And I'm glad, but, I'm glad you make the comparison because you're, that's to prove your point about why we need a GM. But here's the problem. Even if we, even if Jerry finally decided to bring a GM, you know that Jerry has a habit of sticking his nose and everything in, in, in all the business right there. So that's what would worry me. If he brings in a GM, he's going to interfere in that too. I mean, the best coach that we had in the last 25 years was Bill Parcells. And Bill Parcells yeah. left because he couldn't handle Jerry Jones, you know? Yeah. It's just... He is that type of owner, which means that unless he's correct, unless Jerry Jones makes one right, he gets a correct call at some point, we're just we're going to go as far as Jerry Jones takes us. And I don't know how far that is. He's a very genius businessman, but I haven't really seen him build a team. Yeah. I mean, no, no shots fired or anything, but, I mean, he didn't build his team in the 90s. No. That team, <laughs> that team was <laughs> built when he got not. there. That that team was built for success when he got there. He built, he bought it, and then he marketed, and he created the most valuable franchise in the world. And it's been that way for twenty something years. But he didn't create a winning culture. He didn't create that winning dynasty as far as on the field goes. Jimmy Johnson. He created a brand. Exactly. He created a brand that makes millions and billions of dollars. But when's the last time he's really put together a team that he put together? Think about it. Never. (laughs) <laughs> right and and you know a fact you know the, the whole when we lost when the Cowboys lost Jimmy Johnson because he decided to go to the media and say anybody could have won with this team I'm just like god damn if I had been a journalist by the back then if there was podcasting back then I would have immediately as soon as that story comes out I would have just gone on the show on my show and I would have blasted Jerry for doing that I'm like how the hell could you do this how could you stab your friend in the back he he went yeah. he went to two back to back titles and then you just decided you just decided to ruin it like that. God damn! And then and then twenty five years later he's not in the Ring of Honor. Like what's happening here? You had a Hall of Fame coach who's not in the Ring of Honor. Well, they did announce That's last the... season before the Hall of Fame game. It was announced that Jimmy Johnson would finally be going to the Ring of Honor. I don't know if they confirmed yeah, exactly. Sure, when... I, I don't I don't think he's actually in there yet. He's not in there yet, but it was announced that I think Jer- he spoke. Jerry came on and they spoke, and then it was announced that he, Jimmy said, he, "I think he told Jimmy, I'm going to put you in the Ring of Honor." So, and I talked about this. So I suggested, hopefully, this is a source of reconciliation between the two because it would bother me if if, if both guys passed away not reconciling. Because look, is you know, I figured if they reconcile, they're both free. Their family, it'll help their families, and hopefully, it would help the team. I mean, obviously, I was just talking about that because it's good to always reconcile with somebody who did you wrong in the past but as far yeah but you know, the whole thing with Jerry and Jimmy Johnson it's just been unknown for so long I mean we just we don't know if the relationship is still like how the way it is or, or whatever but yeah I'm sure I'll get in there at some point when once they hit their their ages at some point they're gonna put their past behind them. I, I, okay I, we I, talked I, to 
we talked about what we don't like about what the Cowboys did this year or in the last 20-something years. What do you look at this team that gives you a little bit of hope? I think the, de- the defense right now, because Dan Quinn has done a fantastic job. And Trayvon Diggs, even though the unfortunate truth is, yeah, he's inter- all the interceptions, but he does, in fact, get torched off. Look. He's just, it's, it's all because, in my opinion, he's not there yet. He has potential of being elite. He's just not there yet. But and, and, you know, and honestly, but look, how can we expect him to defend the entire defense all on his own? I mean, the other players are doing their job to the best of their ability, but the entire defense needs to basically take it deeper into, in, into themselves. Like, we need the defensive line to inflict pressure on the opposing offensive line, and we've got to get to the quarterback at all costs. It's about... Pressure, sacking the quarterback, and what's most important is we have to force turnovers, and even more important, no penalties, no pass interference. We got that. That's the biggest problem with the Cowboys too, the penalties. But as far as something to look forward to, I think it's a bit of the defense too. And I'm, I am Uh, always excited to see if Dak can, if Dak has anything, because I'm again, I'm begging Dak to prove me wrong. uh, Pop quiz: Who is? Most paid player on the Cowboys defense. Oh boy, probably Demarcus Lawrence. Although they did, they did, uh, they did restructure his contract. They did do a change this year, and and from what I understand, the contract that he signed is actually salary cap friendly. If, if I saw, if, if I if I remember correctly, and we do, and I do gotta give Demarcus Lawrence, you know, props for that. I mean, no, you know, because he knows he's not. I mean, he he was hurt last year, and you know, in two thousand twenty, it was he was terrible and. So I think he knows that he needs to step up his game. So he was willing to accept this because he wants to make a difference. So, but I think it, I think Demarcus Lawrence, is, I believe, is the highest paid player. Unless there's somebody else I'm I'm missing. Um. Yes. Yeah, so Demarcus Lawrence, highest paid player. Uh, he had fourteen solo sacks or four solo tackles and three sacks. That's. I mean, I don't know how many games he actually. He only played seven games. But that means he's only getting two tackles a game and, like, less than a quarter sack a game. And that's your highest-paid defensive player. I mean, in 2020, he played 16 games. He only had six and a half sacks. And so that's what I'm talking about, again, on recognizing the talent and paying the correct talent for what you're getting. You're paying your highest-paid player to get six and a half sacks per game or per season. And that's... That's what confuses me, and Demarcus Lawrence is the one that, if I would say, like needs to step up this year. I think Michael Parsons needs to continue what he's doing and keep being crazy good. Amen. Probably gonna win. Probably gonna probably gonna win Defensive Player of the Year this year. Hopefully, that's what I'm rooting for. Um, Trayvon Diggs, if he can get le- uh, more consistent and less, uh, you know, win or die. I think those will be there. I think your safeties are good. Javon Kirsch was a good pickup. Um, LVE needs to step up and make sure he's playing for a contract this year. So he's going to need to ball out to be able to get a contract. I'm surprised he's, he's really, signed a one-year deal. He signed a one-year $3 million deal. I mean, honestly, I, I praise <coughs> LVE for that. You see, that's because I'm pretty sure he said to himself, I've been hurt. I've not been good. I got to earn my – I got to earn it. I mean – LVE, that's yeah. the kind of player that we salute. He's humble. And honestly, part of me says maybe he doesn't care about money. He just wants to play. He's like, I don't need to I don't need to be paid like a like, like I'm a super global 
oil billionaire. I just want to be paid a fair amount that, you know, like that. So that's what I feel about LVE. Well, and I'm wondering if he had a self-realization that he didn't earn it, you know. He had a total of 17 games last year. He had a total of 43 solo tackles. As a middle linebacker on, I think we were, what, a top five defense last year? Like, we were a really good defense. In the middle of our defense, he didn't have over 50 solo tackles. And that's probably because Michael Parsons was eating them all up. But that middle linebacker spot needs to step up. But I think if Demarcus Lawrence can get 10 sacks, the Cowboys will have a top three defense in the league. Oh, no, I think no, Demarcus no, no. Lawrence, if Demarcus Lawrence steps up and hits that milestone of 10 sacks in one season, I really think that that means that the rest of the team is going to be clicking. Hopefully. And if the deep and if the defense clicks, hopefully that means the offense isn't doing too terrible. And we might be able to get a winning record, but hit the playoffs, maybe even win a playoff game. Because I think we're still a good team. I don't hate the depth chart. I don't hate the roster. But it's a lot of coaching. I'm so the best pickup the Cowboys had this year is Dan Quinn. Besides any player resigning, any trade, any draft pick, anything, the fact that Dan Quinn chose to stay with the Cowboys this year shows a huge victory. I think that's the biggest, the biggest thing that happened for the Cowboys this year. I mean, so and you know about Dan Quinn when he was hired when when I did an episode and I was all over it. That actually got me a lot of heat because those fans that obviously don't like me, they would ask me, "How the hell could you be so happy about Dan Quinn? Didn't you forget about the Super Bowl? Like, can we stop talking about the damn Super Bowl? Fine, it was then. Okay, he's getting a fresh start. Who? Okay." I mean, I get it. Yeah, he his I, team blew the lead. That'll never go away. He has to live with it. But dude, this is the future. This is we're talking about the future. Let's stop talking about the past. It's bad enough that I didn't do that too much. But in Dan Quinn's case, let's see what the man can do as a defensive coordinator. But he actually made a Super Bowl. All yeah. these people mad at you. Dan Quinn made a Super Bowl. Any other coach that's been here in the last twenty five years hasn't done that. So if we can get a coach that's actually made the Super Bowl. Has that experience on how to get there? Mike McCarthy. Maybe guys, we'll get but... there. I mean, uh, what do you think about that hire? Did you like that? Honestly, yeah, I did. I did because apparently, I did. I I chose to basically ignore the fact that he's in fact a yes man. <laughs> I mean, you have to be the cowboy to be the Cowboys coach, man. I don't. I think there's maybe two or three coaches that exist that could work with Jerry Jones and not be a yes. man. Probably Sean Payton, but uh, Sean because Sean Payton that, he did work for the Cowboys before he was Bill Parcells' assistant. Yeah, and he's yeah Sean, Sean Payton number one that comes into my brain. Yeah, but um, <clears throat> but yeah, you're right. Yeah, Dan Quinn was basically the best, the the, the best move like we, we kept this season, and he made the choice. He did. And this is gonna be a this is gonna be kind of a weird player that I think is going to have a breakout year. And I was hoping for it last year, but he got hurt. Neville Gallimore. I really, really, really like Neville Gallimore. I love what this dude brings to the table. He's got a good motor. And I think he's going to be a really good player. I was so mad whenever he got hurt last year. Oh, me too. Dude. I was expecting that defense to be wild, man. You had Randy Gregory, Demarcus Lawrence, and Neville Gallimore. And Osa. I thought it was going to be really nice. Yeah, and Osa, the UCLA dude, uh, that's actually a, a guy I really believe ha- might have a future with the team. 
I wish I could say the same about about Tristan Hill, but uh, he keeps getting oh, hurt. Oh man, I, I love that pick when it happened. I yeah, was like, "Yo, we Tristan Hill's going to be an when, when they drafted him, you and I, we were working. We were talking about it. Although we, we yeah, had to wait because it, it was Hill. during it was during rush, so we, we couldn't. <laughs> I was basically in and out of the store, like. <laughs> I just remember that day. I was I was just I was on a freaking tear that day. I mean, my deal. I, I I just remember at the end of the day, you you told me how quick I was. I'm just like, well, I was doing my job. We were, you know, we were busy. We had to get it done. So. Oh man. But yeah, I remember those, that. Those days when didn't man. Those were fun days. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> those are days I tried. You know, I really try to get try not to think about too much because there was a lot of. <laughs> despite the rude, the, the rough, the rough times, there there was. I worked with great people, and I, I've gone back and spoken to them, and. They told me just keep doing what you do, and everybody's so supportive, so I appreciate that. But yeah, we were talking about that Great. pick, and and I said and I said and I said you know, yeah, he's a central central Florida guy, you know, not University of Florida, not the bigger schools, but you, know, <coughs> I, I liked, I told, I said to you, and I'm pretty sure I said to uh, the other dude, I forgot his name, but that worked with us that loved football. I said, dude, just because he didn't go to a big school doesn't mean he won't make it. I mean, because I, I, I here's yeah. a reality check: how many players from big schools have we seen literally? shit the bed and as soon as they arrive in the league i mean aside, yeah. aside from jamarcus russell there's a lot of them a lot yeah what did you think about this year's draft class did you like this year <sighs> that's uh the our first round pick i did i did not at first i was like you know what again he didn't go to a big school he went to university of tulsa he has a problem with withholding, but I figured, look, if that was his case in college, maybe it'll get better in the NFL. He does have to work on mm-hmm. it. But 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 here's what here's what I told everybody. Remember when we were pissed off when we took Travis Frederick back in 2013? I was pissed off right. about it. I, I, we, I was pissed you, off even about Zach Martin. Yeah, whenever, even whenever we got Zach Martin, I'm like, why the hell are we get the guard in the first round? Like, what are we doing? Exactly. And then it started to be the number one like guard in the league. I was like, okay, this will work. Okay, yeah, exactly. But so I said, look, let's see what the kid can do. Okay, there's no mm-hmm. point of judging the book by the cover. He knows what he needs to work on, and I, I can only hope the Cowboys know, have have plans, you know, to help him get better at what he needs to do. So that that's the way I, I saw it. But the draft, I mean, I heard the it. draft overall. Sam Williams out of Ole Miss. I'm like, okay, <clears throat> that that might work. I. This actually mm-hmm. sounds silly, but Jalen Talbert, the wide receiver out of South Alabama, was actually was actually a pick. I was actually pretty excited about. I was pretty. I wanted. Um, oh man, I'm gonna forget that kid's name now. No, I wanted Sky Moore. That's what I wanted. I forgot what college he goes to. He goes to a pretty small college, I believe. Uh, but I remember looking at and looking up Sky Moore. I'm gonna find out where he goes right now, so I'm not talking out of my head. But I remember that name, and I remember watching highlights, and I was like, man, this kid is gonna be good. And we did not get him. Uh... And also the tight end Jake Ferguson, I thought that was actually pretty interesting uh, because you know, it was, and speaking of the tight end situation, Dalton Schultz is apparently unhappy. Um, oh, yeah, I did see that. I mean, Dalton Schultz, I feel, is very underrated. He was another guy that we picked back. He was another guy we picked back in 2018. So. Yeah, I uh, I have always liked Dalton Schultz. I I think he's gonna be good. I, I mm, for what he does, I think he's good. I don't think that he's going to be a top ten 
top 15, even tight end in the league, maybe top 15. But I think he is a good average tight end two, maybe maybe tight end one, but tight end two for sure. I think we need another person or another player out there. And I think we need like Jake Ferguson is like a big body receiver again. But really with the offensive line, I really just think that having I mean he's not here anymore, but like Jason Witten type of a big body that can block run little routes to get Dak Prescott out of trouble, have secure hands, but also be able to block. That's really what I'm looking for in a tight end. And I liked Jake Ferguson, but I really think he is just another Dalton Schultz. I believe so because he's not a blocking like tight end. Because you notice because of his size, he's more of, of the catch and run kind of thing. But I did notice yeah. that he's able to hold on to the ball. He's able to take big hits. He's not afraid mm-hmm. of going in the tra- in the traffic. I mean, even despite heavy traffic, he can still make the catch. So that's what I like. So I'm sure that'll do as well. And you know, you, you could just tell he he was he was formerly a wide receiver. It's not only because of his size, but because of his play style. Like some tight ends that, that are good at blocking, they were at one point they played either fullback, they were on offensive line, they were even at one point even linebacker. Like you could just tell because in high school, players are used like in, in a baseball term as a utility player, which means they can play multiple positions when whenever it's needed. But I mean, unless you're a big boy lineman like a Tyler Smith, I bought, I bet most of these guys were either receivers or running backs in high school. I yeah. played with some really good running backs and stuff in high school, and then they turn around and they're corners in the NFL. I'm just like, okay, well, that came out of nowhere. You never played that spot, but you're really good at it. Like, that's cool. Yeah, exactly. Um, did you hear that Tyler Smith has kind of given Micah Parsons the business in camp? I've not heard about that. Wait, are they like wait, giving the business? Like, <laughs> no, it, it, they're not. They're not fighting, but Tyler Smith is holding his own. So, um, well, there you go. So, so he's so he's so what you're saying, Matt, is that he's already making progress. <laughs> yes, he is. He is doing pretty good. Um, unfortunately, like his first snap ever, uh, he got stomped on by Dorrance Armstrong. Dorrance Armstrong made him look silly, and then very next rep was against Michael Parsons. And I believe he got pancaked. Uh, like, Martin Parsons got pancaked. And so, the kid's going to come on. I really do like the first-round pick. I wanted Tyler Linderbaum. Yeah, that's, that's who yeah. I wanted. That's where I was looking at because I really I'm, – I'm a little bit worried about our center situation and our guard. But if this kid can – if Tyler Smith can turn around and play guard and then take over for uh, Tyron whenever he decides to retire – I think that that's a good pickup. Yeah, if he can like come in, play, play guard. Yeah. Re- yeah, come in, replace Connor Williams, and be a good left guard until Tyron Smith retires, then pop out. I don't know. I think it's a good pickup. I think he's a good fit. Um, and he's strong. That's what I've heard about him a lot. He's very, very competitive. Um, got a fire under him. He's very strong and going to play hard. That's what I like about him. He might hold a couple couple times. He might, but I think that he's going to be strong. He's going to come in ready to work, ready to learn, and give him the business. I think it's going to be good. I wasn't happy on the day of, but I've kind of turned around and been like, okay. I think I think the difference between him and then Tyler Linderbaum was like the nastiness that Tyler Smith brings. He actually brings a little bit of attitude, a little bit of fight. Not saying Tyler Linderbaum is weak or anything at that point, but 
he kind of has a more of an edge to him and kind of a kind of a guy that Mike McCarthy's looking for. Yeah, definitely. And of, of course, you know, his so his first snap, Dorrance Armstrong makes him look silly. Then he, Tyler just gets right back up and like, all right, that all right, those guys had their fun. They want to see me who I am. So there you go. So so progress is <coughs> being made, and, and and there we go. So, but you know, moving into the training camp, I mean, I think the top priority is we gotta establish the the running game. We need an offensive line because we gotta protect Dak. We got we we need a running game. But at the same time, I'm gonna tell Zeke like, you need to get your shit together. He's apparently in the best shape of his life, man. If he's if that's the case, if he really was just hurt last year, he's coming in in good shape this year. I guess I'll give him another shot. <laughs> but I'm sorry if he if he doesn't break a thousand yards this year, I'm gonna be one. I'm already ninety five percent on the trade Zeke and let Pollard have the show. If he doesn't break a thousand yards, then I'm ready to let Zeke roll and be one hundred percent on the point Pollard bandwagon. I mean, not only that, but we we need more than two games with a hundred with a with a hundred yards on the ground. I mean, he only had yeah. two last year. Now all the games where he had like all the yards were so low. I mean, that's just that's embarrassing. I mean, I, I have him right here too. You know, look look, look at this. Uh, all all the games like with less with less than fifty yards. One game he had only twenty five yards. That was on Thanksgiving. Oh, mm-hmm. all these stats are just like embarrassing. Like. Week six, only six, 69 <laughs> yards on 17 carries. That next week, 50 yards on 16 carries. And then week nine against Atlanta, 14 carries for 41 yards. I mean, this is just not – this is unacceptable. It's humiliating. And Pollard had 719 yards and average five and a half carries. I don't know why that wasn't leaned off. Like, he got – like say against the Chiefs, right? We lost nineteen to nine against the Chiefs. He had seven carries for fifty yards. He's averaging seven yards a carry. Why did he only get seven touches? Why not give him fifteen touches and let Zeke sit? You know, oh, the loss against the Broncos, sixteen to thirty. He had four for eleven. Still averaging about three a carry, but why not get him more than four carries? If you're getting beat like that, why not mix it up? Why not try to throw to him in the back? But try to do something to mix it up. You're not even giving this kid a chance. Every time, every loss I see on here, he has, except for the Raiders. The Raiders, he had 10 carries for 36 yards. But every other loss that I see on here, Tony Pollard has less than 10 carries. Every win I see, Tony Pollard has more than 10 carries. And Pollard had that kickoff return for a touchdown against Las Vegas. He did. And, I mean, he's only getting two, three, four receiving or, like, receptions, but he's continuously having 30 to 50 yards receiving. I don't understand. I'm telling you, I just don't get it on why this kid isn't put into more of a role. You see that whenever he does play, it's, it's good. It's positive. That's how Zeke was whenever he first started. Whenever Zeke will play... His number was 27. Zeke was always saying, you know, start my start my carries at 27 because I need at least that. Yeah. And he was putting in work and doing really good, and that was a good Zeke. And now he has, you know, whatever you were saying on the stats are, they're just not there anymore, so why not even the load with Tony Pollard? You probably just ran the brakes off of Zeke, and he's just not the same athlete. He, he's just tired. 
Like, he's just worn down. That's why you don't pay running backs in general. Right? <laughs> but you're right. I mean, this, this is it for Zeke. Zeke needs to have a make, go big or go home year. This is it. What do you think we get for him? We traded him right now. You think anybody wants him? Well, there's always somebody that's going to want him because it's Zeke Elliott, but the, the question is, what, oh. what can we get for him? But for that salary, they're going to have to drop a whole bunch of salary on a running back, and nobody does that. Nobody does that, yeah. So that's probably why nobody's going to want him. Unless the Cowboys agree to pay, like, 90% of the remaining salary. Yeah. I mean, the the Eagles, just, the Eagles yeah. kind of went through that with Carson Wentz, so... Well, they're still going through that, I should say. So... Yeah. And, uh... In a fantasy trade... We're going away from reality for a second. You ready? This yeah. is my my Madden 22 brain going for a second. You ready? <laughs> In a dream scenario, I would trade Zeke and Demarcus Lawrence and whatever pick you want for Jamar Chase and just go all in. <laughs> go all in on getting that receiver and let's go. I, I just I love Jamar Chase. It's not a Cowboys topic, but I'm starting to become a Beatles fan just a little bit. Joe Burrow's a dude. <laughs> Jamar Chase is a man. Like, I'm trying not. I wish they wouldn't have made the Super Bowl because I don't want to be a bandwagon fan. But I was like, man, the Bengals offense is looking real nice. No, they are. But, you know, remember Michael Gallup, you know, he got paid too. So, you know, so we, get, we got Gallup, we got Lamb, and then Jamar Chase. I mean, yeah, the excitement is all hyped up. So, but, you know, if we were to trade Elliott and Lawrence, yeah, and then I think you said a, dra- <laughs> a draft pick and Jamar Chase. If it's like if it's, a, it's so, if it's a second round pick, I would definitely be I would definitely be for it. Dude, salary cap it would make no sense to do that. We would be in so much financial hell for that. Yeah, it would be so. We we would be in the red for years. We have so much dead money on there. That's between Lawrence and Zeke. That's forty almost forty seven million in dead cap that we would hit. That'd be rough. <laughs> yeah, so it'd be worth it though. I I'd, I'd take it. There's no way it would work then, but... In Madden, it works. In Madden, yeah, in Madden. But yeah, like you said, we're, we're, getting away from, we're, going, we're getting away from reality, right? Yeah, yeah, let's get back to <laughs> All right. So, looking at, this, looking at the schedule, uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, mm. We start out two games at home against Tampa in week one, then against Cincinnati in week two. I think those are both losses. Um, oh, yeah. I really, I really think that we could beat Tampa. Um, that's the only. I don't. Th- I just said I'm a big Cincy fan. I don't think that we're gonna be able to beat Cincy, but I do think we can beat an old Tom Brady. But the rest of that team's really good as well. You're definitely gonna see what Tyler Smith has in hand if he's gonna be at left guard going against Peter Vea. Um, uh, Tyler Biotis got stomped last year in that matchup, so really hoping that they can kind of learn from that and not get blown up in the middle. It was a winnable game last year. Uh, I think it could be a winnable game this year, but realistically, I'm looking at 0-2 to start, and then the panic is definitely going to set in if we don't beat New York on that Monday. Yeah, that's going to be tough, too, because, you know, <laughs> I mean, New York, this might be the season where they, start, they finally start becoming the Giants that used to be a winning team. Yeah. Because, you know, they cleared house this season. I mean, they got a good coach and like that, so. 
I'm hope, I'm hoping it takes him a year or two. Their quarterback's still not great, so yeah, hoping it takes a year. Or so, yeah. So after that, we we go up to New York, and then then we have the Washington Commanders at home. Oh, uh, man, division games are always so hard to predict. Washington definitely got better this year. Yeah, because they well, um, yeah. definitely definitely got better. Um, I can see that easily being a loss too, man. So what, what I'm like, I I. I could realistically say we don't get a win to the Lions on October twenty third. <laughs> so we're zero and five. I could, I could just, I could just easily like that's just we can be zero and six going into that Lions game. It wouldn't surprise me even a little bit. We could also be six and zero. I've been saying this for so many years now. I have no idea how to do the Cowboys years. Yeah, I know. Every time I'm like, every time I'm saying we're gonna we're gonna have a winning record, we're gonna be number one, we're going to the playoffs. They end up with six or seven wins and miss playoffs. Anytime <laughs> I'm like, all right, four wins top. They win 12 games and are the best in the division. I'm like, what's happening? So it's really hit or miss. They, No one in the NFC East has won back-to-back years since, I think it's something crazy, like 2001 or 2000, I think. It was Eagles did it. 2003, 2004, I believe. Yeah, well, the, the, Eagles, the Eagles uh, did that back in there. It was actually... Yeah. Uh, yeah, since uh, 2001 through 2004, the e- the Eagles won like yeah, all, all the NFCs from 2001 to 2004. So, yeah. Yeah, and then since then, no one's won twice. You know, like back to back years. Yeah. So if we're going off of history, where it's going to be another down year and hopefully make the wild card. But I mean, I can see like the Texans is going to be a win. Um, I'm gonna, I think we're going to win. I think we could split the Giants and Washington. So I mean, those are three. That's three wins. I can see us being the Bears and the Lions. That's five. Um, Jaguars. I actually really like the Jaguars this year, but I can see that being a win. That's six. One against the Eagles could be seven. And then from there, like splitting the division and then beating two or three of the outside teams, I just don't see like anything above seven or eight wins. So basically, Where are you at? I, kind of like the uh, I knew, our usual eight eight and eight kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna have a Jason Gary here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, at first I, I kind of said I think five and twelve is basically where we're at because we, we're yeah. not we're not beating Tampa, we're not beating Cincinnati, we're not beating the Rams, we're not beating the Packers and the Vikings. Well, we beat them uh, twice in a row now. The and. Vikings, uh, they're not. The Vikings aren't. Gonna, the fact that we've beaten them last two years, we've beaten them in Minnesota. Minnesota's they're not gonna let us do it again three times, and especially how we beat them last year with uh, Mike with uh, with Zimmerman, you know, wasting those two timeouts like that. It's it's not gonna happen. Oh, well, this is the first. I, I hate to break it to you. This is the first time I'm actually looking deep into the schedule. Are we playing the Giants on Thanksgiving? Yes, we are. That's gonna be a great game. And that's. Ooh, I mean, we might lose that. Yeah, we might lose that game. We suck on Thanksgiving. We yeah, might we, lose. We haven't won on Thanksgiving since 2018. And then uh, Christmas Eve too. Well, Saturday game against the Eagles on Christmas Eve. That's a good game. Those are both really. They scheduled very well. <laughs> I appreciate whoever put that schedule together. That's a, that's a nice schedule. Yeah, and then of course it's. I think it even said that because when I talked, did an episode about the schedule, it insisted that we had like I think the second easiest schedule. I just <coughs> said that is just a load of garbage. Okay, there's no such thing as an easy schedule. Uh, I mean, the divisions that we're playing are not great divisions. I'll give you that. And that's why we call them the, the divisions. The NFC least. Aren't... That's why it's the NFC. Yeah. They... <laughs> 
No, but I mean, even the like the Lions, the Bears. I mean, you're going to have the Rams and the Packers. Those are good quarterbacks. The Vikings, I'm not big on their quarterback. Colts, I'm not big on. As Carson Wentz still, I'm not big on that. Texans, not big on theirs. Jaguars, I'm Trevor Lawrence, who I think is going to be great, but he's not there yet. Like, they're all winnable games. If our, if our defense is what it is, and Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence are crazy, Trayvon Diggs has another at least five, six picks this year. I really like it. I do. I think it could be a winning schedule, but I also think it's the Cowboys, and it could also be not a winning schedule. It's it's so unpredictable. You have no idea how Mike McCarthy is going to step up in year three now. What kind of lessons did Kellen Moore win from last year? Are they going to include Pollard? Is Zeke done? Is that going or is that going to be worried about getting hurt again still? You know, is the offensive line going to come together? Are they going to get pressure on defense? Is LVE going to show up? There's just so many questions that you can have that it's nothing is for sure about the Cowboys, except I'm going to watch every single game. That's the only thing I know for sure. Because no matter how much I talk about them, I'm watching every single game. I mean, I have to for my show, so, <laughs> because, you know, it's my job, too, but. Yeah, all all these questions. I mean, it's not that they're – I mean, some could say it's too many unanswered questions, but, you know, the bottom line is, it's like you and I have said, the team is just so unpredictable. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, what, you're thinking of five wins? I'm thinking five wins, yeah. But, of course, all those fans – the fans are going to say typical Bear of Texas doesn't – claims to love his Cowboys, but he doesn't. like, guys, I'm not (laughs) – I'm not bullshit. No, I love them. <laughs> I want them to win every single game. But they're not going to. <laughs> That's the main, yeah. With all, the, all, all, the, all everything you, with everything that you just mentioned that we don't know. I mean, how how can I be? How, how can we be so confident that they're gonna that they're gonna win all, all the games? Yeah. I just tell you, like seriously, think, think about it. Stop just saying out of the blue, this is gonna be our year. Like. <laughs> I'm, I don't hate the schedule. I think it's winnable. Um, I can see them saying that it's going to be the second easiest because we're the NFC least for sure, and then we're playing two divisions who don't really have that much of a front runner besides the Rams and the Packers. Yeah, and the Bengals. I mean, if we if we somehow beat the Packers, <laughs> if if somehow they beat the Packers in Lambeau, then oh my God, yeah. And then turn around and play in Minnesota that next week. That's two cold games back to back. That's rough. Well, the Minnesota well, the, the Minnesota Dome. It, it is it is a close. It is a it does have a roof. So I mean, fair enough. At least I I, know, I, yeah. at least I think it does. I it might. I don't know. But Lambeau Field, <laughs> no. That yeah, that's the frozen tundra. Yeah, yeah. But that's Mike McCarthy going back to Lambeau. Be fun at least. Maybe Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers last year in Green Bay. Possibly. Yeah, uh, we, I think we know what Aaron Rodgers does to the Cowboys. <clears throat> yeah, as I'm, I'm, that's already an L. I'm not even. That's why I skipped over. I, yeah. I think I said Green Bay last. The, that's that, an that, L that's, for me. That's a no-brainer. <laughs> no, no brainer for me. So I think one of the one of the Eagles games is an L. I think one of the Washington games is an L. Green Bay, L.A., and then Cincinnati for sure. Like that's five L's right there that I just. I want to give him a shot, but I don't think so. And I, I'm in love with Jonathan Taylor. 
Like I said, Jamar Chase is my favorite receiver. Jonathan Taylor's by far my favorite running back right now. And I can see him going for a lot of yards against us on that December 4th game. I mean, it very well could happen. I mean, if LVE isn't showing up this year, there's not much help up the middle. And just run Jonathan Taylor all day. I don't know. You want to give a prediction? Are you ready for prediction yet? Or do you want to win for preseason? Well, I've already given. I've already kind of given it. I'm going five and twelve. Five and twelve. Yep. Oof. Now go. We go. For I don't want to just be in. Twelve and five and twelve. That's funny, right? I don't want to be in the middle of mediocrity, but that's how I feel about this team. I'm just eight and nine or nine and eight. Yeah, basically. Maybe ten and seven. Basically eight and eight. <laughs> yeah, I really like. I like. I'm going in circles here on what I want to do. You know, I'm going to have optimism. Alex, it's 2022. The whole life, we need to have optimism in life. The world is crazy. The one thing we can believe in, Alex, the one thing is that the Cowboys are going to win. They're going to be in the playoffs. They're going to win the Super Bowl. It's going to give me my hope, Alex. I need hope for the future. So I'm going to say 12 and 5. They lose the 5 that I know they're going to lose, but they're going to have to win the games that they have to win. There's none of these Denver Bronco games where you get beat by 40 and say, oops, you cannot afford that. They have to come out and they got to play because they're going to lose 5 games. At least well, it's been, you can't just let one split. It's been noted. I just wrote it down in my notes that you, about your prediction. Because <laughs> if, if if your prediction comes true, I will co- I will cover the show and tell the world. Matt Gwynn, my former boss, predicted it. And then I, man, I just gotta have optimism, man. <laughs> I mean, it, it's impossible for me because everything that we've seen. I mean, it, especially since 2019 and everything, like. It, it, it's, yeah. it's too impossible. There's too many. There's too much. You know, negative shit like the offensive line. We have we have a Jason like offensive coordinator and Kellen Moore. We have Mike McCarthy who apparently likes to fiddle around with the, with the timeouts and everything. So <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna say it's not gonna be hard, Alex. It's gonna be hard. Um, but it's like I said, if if somehow miraculously, <clears throat> well, since I said five and twelve, so if they if they do make the playoffs and they actually make it to the divisional round, or if they miraculously make it to the uh, conference finals, or if, I don't know if that's, it doesn't, if that's what they call in the NFL playoffs, but you know what I mean. Like I'll I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll own up to that too. Whatever whatever they do <laughs> that proves me wrong in a certain way, I own up to it. All right. So here's my caveats for twelve and five. All right. All right. Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard needs a thousand yards this year. Yes, he does. A thousand yards combined. Maybe even I'm gonna say fifteen hundred yards, but I want it to be combined. I need him to have whether it's you know eight hundred receiving and then like seven hundred rushing, whatever. He needs to be a very pivotal part of the offense. You no longer have Amari uh, Cooper. C.D. Lamb is gonna get doubled now. He's gonna get all the looks from the safeties. You have a young young core of receivers and you got an aging Zeke who is however he says he's in great shape I think he's washed so Tony Pollard it's your year bro go get it I need 1500 yards from you I need Micah Parsons D 
Defensive Player of the Year. By I know Aaron Donald exists. I understand that part. But leading sacks, get over 100 tackles, let's go. Michael Parsons is a beast. DeMarcus Lawrence on the other side, I need 10 sacks. And then, I mean, defense just needs to play. I mean, Dan Quinn, just keep your defense where they're at. They played really well last year. I thought last year going into it, the offense was going to be great and the defense was going to be trash, and it was actually flipped. So if the defense can maintain what they had last year going and the offense can step up and put some points on the board, I really think 12-5 and is manageable. All right. But the Cowboys can Cowboy, and you never know, man. You never know. And by Cowboys, they can just choke and embarrass themselves. <laughs> yeah, coaching can get in the way. I mean, luckily we're not having much of COVID issues anymore, so that shouldn't be a big issue. But injuries get in the way. I'm just praying for everyone's safety, everyone's health, and praying for no stupid mistakes by the coaching staff. <laughs> I'm really hoping the offensive line anyway. can stop the holding, the holding habits. I mean, Connor Williams is gone, so that's going to be at least half of them. Yeah, no doubt. But, but yeah, but I, I, really, <laughs> I really like your picks. They're very solidly realistic. I mean, obviously you have more faith than me, but but for me, at the end of the day, it, it, all I can do is just sit back and wait and see how it goes. It's a it's a little delusional, but I'm going to stick with it. it. It's a little bit of I'm, I'm going to be a Cowboy fan for life, and I want them to do well. Um, but, yeah, I'm really I'm hoping for it, man. I can be optimistic, and they're going to break my heart like they do every year. But, all right, maybe they'll surprise me. Yeah. Well, hopefully. <laughs> it's, it's, it'd be good to at least, you know, see them actually win the Super Bowl in our <clears throat> lifetime. I mean, yeah, they won it when we were like, well, I, I was three. What, one, I, two? I, was, I was like three. I was three years old last time they won. I, I actually won actually I, see them win the title. I, I was, what, one, I believe? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we kind of think everything, that, uh, everything, think everything that's happened since the Cowboys won the freaking Super Bowl. Oh, dude. Imagine, like, the phone, right? You got this big old massive thing on a phone that, like, hangs up on a wall. Right. And now I got this little bitty guy that I'm talking to you on right now doing video chat, right? Like, it's just everything has changed. It's so wild. Um, but yeah, man, I had a good time. Yeah. This was fun. It was. So, ladies and gentlemen, Cowboys Talk is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and on YouTube. Matt, thank you so much for coming on, and I cannot wait to do this again, buddy. Oh, man, I'm so excited. Thank you for having me on. Best wishes, best luck, best success, man. You're doing great things. You're doing big things. We're going to – can't wait to watch you grow, brother. Thank you so much. Everybody, y'all have a good day.